Thank you very much and uh, good morning uh, to you. It's wonderful to be with you. Uh, real blessing and I bring greetings from Hope Community Church at Admiston. Uh, it's been exciting to be part with you on that journey. And in fact, this morning, it's really good to be part of a, a region together, Christ Central Shropshire, uh, back at home in Admiston. Uh, TCF are joining with us for outdoor worship in this glorious uh, sunshine day. Uh, quite a contrast to in, this, in this studio. Uh, and I must say, I, I've always held in high regard uh, yourself as a church, and particularly your church leaders too. Very thankful to God for them and the support they've given to me over the years too. We're looking at Acts chapter 14 uh, this morning. You may like to turn to it uh, if you've got a Bible handy, uh, whatever type of device you use for that. And I've been given the theme uh, about church planting too. But, but I want to start with a question, really, as you turn to that passage. And I want to ask you, how great is your faith? How great is your faith in God? Are you really trusting God this morning? How great is your faith in God's power? His power to overcome whatever it is that you are facing. How great is your faith in his presence, that he is there beside you and with you, irrespective of how you might feel? How great is your faith in God's purpose for you and for the church, irrespective of how things might seem to be going? You see, I, I, I believe that God has phenomenal purposes and he always fulfills his purposes. What he wants to achieve, he does achieve. His word never fails. And he calls us to trust in his promises. We've spoken of his promises in some of our songs this morning. And he calls us to have faith and to increase our faith and our trust in him that we would know those promises to be totally true in our lives and that we would live in accordance with them even when things seem to be different from them. We know that ultimately truth lies in the Word of God and in who He is, the Almighty God and Saviour. You see, God's purpose is this, in this age, is He is building a church. Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. And that is what he's doing right now. God's mission in this world is to establish a people for himself. A people who are dedicated to him. A people who worship him. A people who shine out like a light. A people who are being prepared for eternity. That we would be with him forever. That is God's vision for the future. And he calls us and our hearts and our minds to be aligned with his vision too. That we would walk by faith with him. That that is where he is leading us forward to. And this church is built on Jesus Christ. And this church is for Jesus Christ. That on that glorious day when Christ returns, there will be that tremendous, as it's described, marriage feast as the bride of Christ is brought alongside Christ in that beautiful ceremony to be with him in unity forever. 
And yet what's going on right now is people are being added into that church, into that church family, one baby at a time. And yet each baby who enters into that family is becoming part of the whole. The whole that Christ is building together. And when I look at Paul and what is going on in this chapter, in chapter 14, I believe that Paul has fully grasped this vision of what God is wanting to do what God's purpose is, what his mission in the world. And that has so impacted Paul that his very life is dedicated to that task. He's not going to do anything else but pursue this mission of God in his life and in the life of those around him. And it doesn't matter what it costs him. He's going to go for it. Uh, And so as we come to this theme and and in this passage, uh, we find that Paul plants three churches. Three churches in one little chapter. And one of them only gets a little sentence. Each of these churches is in uh, what is today Turkey, in southern Turkey, as Paul travels round to them. Uh, And what I want to identify this morning, uh, and we're going to call a little bit on my experience as well in terms of church planting, is some ingredients of what it takes to plant churches. And this is the first thing. Just notice, I'm just going to read through some verses, pick out some passages as we go. If we look back into chapter 13, what we find is, is that at the start of 13, Paul is sent out. He is called by God and sent out on a mission such that he knows what his purpose is about. And it's not just on his own, but it's about the elders around him, uh, the prophets and the elders. They gather together and under God, by the Holy Spirit, he is sent out on this mission. Now, I just want to reflect a little bit on my background. You see, I'm a, I don't know what you describe me really. I, I've, been, I, I've been in Brethren, Evangelical Free, Baptist, Anglican, Ecumenical, Methodist, all sorts of different churches over my time. My wife and I and my family, my parents before, we moved around the country a little bit. And each time we were part of different types of churches. But when I, I came to a point uh, in about 2010 when I believed that God was calling me to plant a church in the area of Admiston and Shawbirch. And I started to connect with New Frontiers. And the core value of New Frontiers, as I saw, was one of planting churches, wanting to reach out across this land and into other nations by planting churches in different communities. And therefore, I started to align myself with people like Nick Priggis and Phil Whittle at the time. We had some conversations. And I remember coming to Barnabas for a meeting. And to be honest, I wasn't quite sure whether to come or not. But the night before, I decided I'd come. And as I came to this center, I'm not sure exactly where in this building we were at the time. I was unfamiliar with this place. And uh, I remember Jeremy Simpkins came. And as he spoke, it was like he spoke directly to me. What was fascinating, though, was, was that God had spoken to him the previous evening, just after I decided I was going to come, God had spoken to him and told him to preach about something different to what he was going to preach about. And as he spoke, he spoke to my heart, and I knew that God was speaking to me. And as I stepped forward afterwards for ministry, two guys who I've never met before and never met since came to me separately about 10 minutes apart. And the first said this, he said, I, I see you are like a bird looking for a tree in which to nest. 
that spoke straight into me. That's exactly where I was. I was looking for somewhere to, to, just to nest and to be part of, that I'd be able to function within that and fulfill God's calling. But there were concerns in my heart about whether I should plant or not. And in particular was this, I believe in the unity of the church of Jesus Christ. And I've been part of the local Methodist church, and I didn't really want to plant just down the road from where I was. But a second person came to me and they said to me, they said, there's one word in your heart that's stopping you doing what God's called you to do. And in that moment, I was undone, so to speak. There was no longer anything. I knew exactly what that word was. It was that unity. And God's called me to plant this church. And, and, and why I say this is this, is because going on from there, there's been all sorts of issues sometimes on the way. Sometimes the way's been hard and difficult. But I look for, back to that point, and I know that God spoke to me at that time and said, this is what I want you to do. And so I'm able to look back to that calling and being sent. Now, as we come into chapter 14, we find that Paul is in Iconium. And at Iconium, Paul and Barnabas, verse 1, went as usual into the Jewish synagogue. I wanted to notice his strategy. Not only was he sent, but also he had a strategy. And his strategy was to go into the synagogue. Why is that, was that so important? Well, that was important because a synagogue was a place where people met. That's what the word means. It's a meeting place. He was mixing among the people. Also vitally important was this, was in the synagogue they'd read the Old Testament and Paul used the Old Testament as a launch pad for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then thirdly, these Jewish people meeting in the synagogue were looking forward to a Messiah. They were hoping for something better to come. And Paul was able to speak into that and declare the hope that he now knew in Jesus Christ. And it's vital that we have strategy in how we are bringing the gospel to people, that we are meeting with people, we're finding places where people are interested, that we're noting what the launch pads are, if you like, for us to take the gospel forward in people's hearts and their minds. For us in Amherston, we, we meet in a community centre. And to me, that was core. As we meet among people, we interact with people day by day, coming in for various different events and, and things. As part of our strategy, we went, Sue and I, my wife and I, we went on what was the New Frontiers base camp at the time. And I remember them saying three particular things. The first is this, it's hard work. Uh, the second was this, it's, it's hospitality is absolutely key. And the third is, is being part of whatever community it is that you are in. And we've looked to implement that in what we've done as part of our planning. It's key to have a strategy on how you're going to engage with people. The third thing I noticed this uh, is that they, uh, they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. And so just moving to verse 3. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there. They spent considerable time there. You know, this mission of God is not something that's just part-time for us on the side somewhere. It's actually a whole life, wherever it is that God's taken us to. Whether it's in your workplace or your college or your school, whether it's in your home, at the school gates, in your community. God is calling us to this mission of His everywhere that we are. We spend considerable time. My friends, what's the highest priority in your life. 
What is the highest priority in your life? We've sung songs about the great freedom that God has brought us into this morning, the wonders of the grace of God, how, how he's brought us into that relationship with him. The fact of the matter is, is Jesus Christ has died to win the lost. And right now, in this town of Shrewsbury, there are thousands upon thousands who do not know Jesus Christ. And God calls us to spend, in the words of Acts 14, considerable time reaching out to these people with the glory of the gospel. You know, for me, I say almost, almost my whole life at the moment is spent in the community seeking to reach people, to touch people. And it's glorious to see where there is response. You know, as we spend time in God's kingdom, I provide, believe that God provides for us in so many other ways. You know, I, I used to be in full-time employment and I was well paid when I, when I did so. And I, I'd read stories of pe- God's provision for people. But God provides in marvellous ways. I've driven here in a car this morning and I, I call it God's car. I mean, it's quite, I can't tell you the details of all the stories in the time I have now, but at the end of the day, my bank paid for my car. It was a remarkable story, took a little while, but ended up, I just counted it as God's provision to me. God is good. He is faithful. We can take him at his word. When he says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added to you, I tell you, it's true. It's true. What I also notice here is they spoke boldly. They spent considerable time, they're virtually speaking boldly for the Lord. My friends, we, we, we're English. And by nature, we tend to try to be a little bit cautious about what we say and how we say it. We're a little bit nervous about how people are going to respond. I'm the same, okay? I mean, I, I'm from South London originally. I, I'm exactly the same. Very cautious. But we have to speak out for the Lord boldly. I believe he calls us all to be this. And we can be bold because our God is strong and mighty and powerful. And as we have our faith in him, our faith is not in our abilities or our skills. Our faith is in a living God who's powerful and effective. And as we speak out boldly for him, he brings about change and transformation. They spoke boldly. One of the things I've been saying at Hope Abenstone over the last few weeks is about speaking the name of Jesus. Let's not just talk about church. Let's not just talk about the good things we do in the community. Let's talk about Jesus. And I struggle with that sometimes myself. There's something you almost find is a little block there. Do you find that sometimes? I was encouraged with myself, to be honest, this last Monday morning, actually. We've been doing a lot of building work, a bit about yourselves here, a lot of building work back at Admiston. And, uh, 
Uh, we've had electricians in and builders, and I've had daily conversations with them. And one of the things I've been a bit frustrated about is my actual number of opportunities to share anything of the gospel with them has been quite limited. It's all been work, work, work type of conversations. And then on Monday this last week, the electrician came in. He was much more chilled and relaxed than he normally had been. And he started to say to me about, oh, he was starting to think differently about life. And uh, he was trying to focus on work less and spend more time with his family and things. And I just said to him, I said, for me, Jesus has changed the purpose of my life and focus it. And it was that word, Jesus. And suddenly, it started to open up a whole conversation with him, which I won't explain with you now, but it was fascinating. And I tell you what, part of that unity of the church of Jesus Christ is this, is also speaking into him were Greek Orthodox Christians too. And I was just so encouraged that the Greek Orthodox Christians so clearly had such faith in God that it was having an impact on him too. How good it is to be part of the global church of Jesus Christ. But not only did they speak boldly, but also they were spirit-enabled. Coming on in verse 3, for his, who confirmed the message of his grace by enabling them to do miraculous signs and wonders. And also back in verse uh, 1, they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Gentiles believed. Spirit enabled. You know, when we speak by the power of the Holy Spirit, when we're acting by the power of the Holy Spirit, when he's enabling us, what he tends to do is bring both a positive and a negative reaction around us. That's what Jesus experienced. That's what Paul experienced. And to be honest, it scares me a little bit because I prefer that kind of neutral, placid type of environment. But actually, as the Spirit enables us, he's going to bring a diversity of response around us because he is at work. And that produces both response and counter-response. You know, as I look at, if I'm perfectly honest, I feel spirit under-abled. Do you feel like that sometimes? Or maybe you feel like it all the time. You know, I, I wish if only I was more spirit-enabled in this area or in that area. But as I look back over the years, I believe, you know, this is where our faith has to be, not in our gifts or our abilities, but our faith is in the power of the living God among us to work. And as I look back, I, I, I'm just, I'm so thankful to God. As I look at our church community in Hope Admiston, about 40% of the congregation on a Sunday morning are new believers who've come to faith since we planted in 2012. Another 25% are people who were de-churched and were not going to church at the time. That's exciting for me. That is seeing the Spirit of God at work drawing people into his community. May God enable us by his Spirit, even when maybe we don't feel particularly Spirit-enabled. We have to trust in God and his word, that as we follow him, his spirit goes with us and will equip us. Then I also want us to notice 
is Paul suffers. It's not all great story. He suffers. You know, in, in Laodicea, he, uh, sorry, in, in Iconium, he ends up, he has to flee. Uh, verse 6, they found out about this plot to stone them, so they flee off to some other surrounding cities. And uh, then they go to Lystra, and uh, in short, in Lystra, right, I mean, this is, this is an interesting story in Lystra, as uh, they heal this guy, and as a result of them healing this guy, they're then proclaimed by the people to be gods. Uh, and Paul and Barnabas are like, no, 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 we're not gods, we're not gods, we're just human like you. And I'll I, I just put this at this point, it's so dangerous potentially as leaders that we are somehow put on a platform, somehow exalted, that we become uh, self-promoting and seeking our own interests in any way. Leaders and church leaders, we need to be very careful in this regard and always count ourselves. We are human, just like everybody else that is in the church. We are human too. But the, what happens as they start to say, no, we're not gods, they then turn, end up turning against them and the Jews from elsewhere incite the people against them. And the result is this, is that Paul is stoned. In verse 19, then some Jews from Antioch and Iconium uh, came and won over the crowd. They stoned Paul and dragged him out the side of the city, thinking he was dead. And sometimes we're going to suffer. We are going to suffer as Christians, as we proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. But here's the thing. After the, after the disciples had gathered round him, he got up and went back into the city. There's nothing like having a circle of friends who will always come to your aid and look after you and you can trust and rely on. And as I look back, sometimes we've been through some very difficult times at Hope Admiston. But I, I remember a particular time on, on Saturday when some really bad news was given to me in the morning and we had a Christ Central event in the evening and I communicated to the other church leaders, people like Martin and, and Dave and, uh, and uh, Nick and uh, so on. And uh, so they knew what the situation was and as we came together on that Saturday evening, I just remember coming in and just feeling the joy of the Lord as I was hugged by the other church leaders. You know, we're part of a team together. It's exciting to be Christ Central Shropshire that we're able to look after one another, care for one another, pray for one another, and be friends together. This is good. And you know, I think that holding hands in the hard times is of greater impact than holding hands in the good times. Let's hold hands together in the difficult times that we face and encourage and build up one another. But what we find is not only does Paul have suffering, he also has success. We find that a new church is planted in Iconium, a new church is planted in Lystra, and lastly, it's so brief, it's, it's quite amazing, in um, verse 21, as they go to Derby, they preach the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. That's all we get to hear about Derby, it's just they preached and there's a large number of disciples start to follow Jesus Christ. How exciting is that? And so as we, as we join with God in his mission, there's both that adventure and excitement, but there's also sometimes we're going to face that frustration and that difficulty, and we have to push through. But we don't just push through, we push through together with our circle of friends about us. 
You know, life, this business with God is risky, but he is totally trustworthy. Yes, church life can sometimes seem very fragile, but Jesus is Lord of the church, and he is the rock. And then what Paul and Barnabas do is they travel back through the towns. We read strengthening the disciples, encouraging them, building them up, telling them that this is, as I've just indicated through this talk, uh, an atom of endurance. It's like a marathon that we're pushing through towards that end line. And he puts structures in place of elders in each of the churches. But I want us to really notice that structure follows spiritual life. He plants a church and then he puts structures in place to support it. And it's been exciting over the years to gradually see in our church plant in Abbotston some of those structures coming into place. But I want to close with this. You see, I've, I've talked about church planting per se, but I believe actually for each one of us, we are in different places during this coming week. And God is calling us to take the gospel into those communities. You know, one of the exciting things in Abbotston has been we've had not just our main alphas, but five other individuals have been running alphas with their work groups, with people in their street, and so on. And I want to encourage you to take the gospel to the places where you are. Find initiatives. What is God wanting to do around and about you? May you be filled with faith in his power and the power of the gospel. May you be filled with faith that God is going to fulfill his purposes. May you be captivated by his mission. And so go out, knowing God's guiding hand, knowing the power of Jesus Christ, and knowing the Spirit enabling you in what you do. In Jesus Christ's name, and to him be the glory. Amen.